Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. I don't want you to protest. I don't want you to ride. I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You ain't heard nothing yet. Wait a minute, I tell you. I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Welcome to the David Pollock Show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another exciting David Pollock show. I feel like it's been a year since we last spoke, even though it's only been a week, and yet seems like nothing's changed, right? We still don't have a Speaker of the House. Uh, we still are having a war that's only seemingly intensifying over in Israel. Um, and that's what everybody's still talking about. But tonight we're going to talk about something different. Tonight... I want to talk about what's going on in all these Trump indictments. They're still a thing, right? So we're going to talk about that tonight. But before we get into all of that, and don't worry, don't worry, we are going to talk about the speaker fight. We are going to talk about Israel. But we are going to talk about the Trump indictments because we want to know what's happening, right? But before I get into all that, um, I have a special, uh, not in studio, but I guess in control room guest, we can call it. Um, it's my cousin Rachel, my liberal cousin Rachel. I haven't seen her in a lot of years. Uh, she came to town, and I said, hey, come down to the studio. And she's like, okay, but, you know, I'm not going to agree with anything you're saying. I said, that sounds like a lot of fun. So uh, you might hear from her a little bit. And actually, why don't you uh, say hello to our listeners there, liberal cousin Rachel? Hello, listeners. Yeah, see, that's liberal cousin Rachel. Now, I've to told her what we're going to talk about tonight. We found the subjects that maybe we can agree on. Um, there's more to her than being my than being a liberal cousin. She's a, a, a wonderful human being. I've known her my entire life, clearly. Um, and we used to have a lot of fun when we were little. We used to live together and live in a lot of different cities. She was my college roommate for a period of time. So I'm really excited that she's in the control room of the David Pollock show. And it, an, another little story, though. Um, about Rachel's family is so I, I don't know if I've talked about this on this show, but I've talked about it on my Twitter spaces when everyone's like, David, why did you get into radio and what, what interests you in politics? Um, it was her grandmother, Claire, that I used to sit in her kitchen when I was like nine years old and argue politics with her and uh, her aunt Rhonda. And uh, they basically would think I'm crazy. Uh, and I would just and I didn't know I was arguing politics. I was just always, for some reason, a conservative kid. And uh, we would just sit around and argue politics. And we had a lot of fun doing it. I used to I mean, that's what we would do. And so I knew from an early age that I was interested in politics and I loved it. And it's her family that I used to argue with. So um, it's really it's, it's exciting to have her there in the other room. And, and you'll hear from her tonight. I'll get her takes on some things. And uh, we'll talk about that. I was also, I don't know how your guys' weekend, your guys' weekend was, but uh, I went up to Tallahassee again to go watch my Florida State Seminoles take on Duke. Uh, I don't know if you're a Florida State fan out there. 
Um, but uh, it was an exciting game in the fourth quarter. The first three quarters, I was not happy. But for you UM fans out there, I th- you guys had an exciting weekend as well, beating Clemson in, I think, double overtime or something crazy like that. So, yeah, you know, it's football. We got to take a break from politics sometime, and we did. And that was a fun weekend. But anyway, without further ado, you guys want to talk about uh, politics. That's why you tune into my show, right? So let's get right into it. I'm waiting for my uh, guest to call in tonight. Our guest is Crypto Lawyer. You've heard him before. He is a former DOJ prosecutor. He's going to give us the lowdown on everything that's happened um, in the Trump case. And um, we will... See what he has to say, what we've missed, but we'll pivot real quick uh, while we're waiting on that, and we'll go right into what is going on in Washington, D.C., because there's wars all over. There's actual kinetic wars between Israel and, uh, and I guess, Gaza and potentially Lebanon, and now there's rumors about Iran's involvement. We'll see how all that goes. But um, I want to talk about what's going on in Washington, D.C. real quick, because that's going that. I mean, look, (laughs) we started this Congress without having a Speaker of the House. Then uh, we got one finally um, based on a lot of compromises. And we've talked about this on this show, but based on a lot of compromises, Kevin McCarthy was supposed to do what we uh, asked him to do, and that was release the January 6th tapes. That was term uh, term limits for congressmen. That was uh, separate appropriation because bills. And um, we didn't get those, and so Kevin McCarthy got the boot. And uh, that's still being fought right now. Actually, at 6.30, they were supposed to start trying to select their nominee. There's nine candidates now, and I'll talk about that in a minute because Crypto Lawyer is on line one. Crypto Lawyer, welcome to the David Pollock Show. Hey, David. How are you tonight? I'm doing just groovy. I was I was doing what I was filibustering, waiting for you to call, <laughs> and I was doing an excellent job at it. My listeners didn't even realize that I had no idea what I was going to talk about while you were calling. So I just went into the database of things I could talk about, and uh, man, and now they're so, like, "Dang, Dave, I really want you to talk about that." <laughs> so nine, so nine people running. Nine, nine people running. Byron Donalds obviously is the flashier name. Uh, I'm excited about him running, and I'll get into this later with the audience. But let's talk. We could go through it real quick. It's House Majority Whip Tom Emmer, who Trump is not endorsing. Uh, House Republican Vice Conference Chairman Mike Johnson, Republican Study Committee Chairman. God, that's an awful committee. The Study Committee. <laughs> Kevin Hearn. Uh, let's see. Republican Policy Committee Chairman Gary Palmer, uh, Byron Donalds, Jack Bergman, Austin. Scott and Dan Muser, I guess. I don't know. But uh, the interesting thing is it seems like the establishment is still clinging on to power, but it seems that the people and the Republicans want somebody new. Uh, we'll see if Byron Donalds can become the uh, nominee. It's going. Yeah. It's setting up to be another very interesting fight. I mean, we could talk about that real quick and then talk about Trump. Why not? Because it's all related. But uh, sure. I mean, what do you think? I mean, we talked about this on a Twitter space. I think it was on Saturday night. Um, yeah. What do you What do you think? Do you think uh, Byron Donalds is going to get the nod, or do you think they're going to go for somebody establishmenty like Emmer, even though Trump's against him? Yeah. So I hope that Byron can get it. I like him. I'm a big fan. Um, you know, but I'm thinking that he may be too MAGA. And even though MAGA, we are, as MAGA, we are very outspoken. We are a large part. Um, we don't, we don't take up the whole conservative party. So, um, I've been hearing that possibly Tom Emmer, he's, 
He's a coalition guy. Um, that's not going to make the MAGA crowd happy, of course. Uh, and, you know, there's just a lot of people that are concerned about our money, where it's going, the southern border, you know, all things that we've talked about ad nauseum at this point. And uh, we'll see how it goes. But, um, you know, Matt Gates, uh, not too long ago when he was talking about Byron Donald CR, the continuing resolution, um, there was some Ukrainian stuff in there, which some of the MAGA people aren't happy about. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, hopefully, hopefully Byron gets the nod um, and, you know, hopefully we can, you know, turn this chaos into something that can break up the system a little bit. Yeah, I'm interested to know. Um, I was looking through Twitter right now to see if maybe Gates said anything about, I mean, obviously he's behind Byron. I'm wondering if, if he would block Emmer because, um, you know, it only takes a handful of votes. And um, right. and so we'll see. I don't think I know I don't really know much about Majority Whip Emmer. Uh, I just know that Kevin McCarthy's behind him. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know if if replacing one with the other, you know, it's basically a, is it a new McCarthy? I don't think the Freedom Caucus type folks will really trust any establishment people at this point. And, and, and that's, I think, what's going to doom Emmer is, is, you know, he can make the same promises that McCarthy made. But does right. anybody trust that he'll keep them? I thought Jim Jordan would have been an excellent speaker. And I know, you know, there's people, oh, he hasn't got any bills passed. You know, the Democrats had their talking points of why he wouldn't make a good speaker. But that's why I loved him. I love any candidate for speaker that the Democrats are afraid of, right? Because we all hated Nancy Pelosi. I mean, I don't know her personally. I'm sure she's a lovely lady. <laughs> but, I mean, as a speaker, we were like, man, no, no, not Nancy. I mean, it was like she was a supervillain in the Republican world. And, you know, Kevin McCarthy wasn't a supervillain. The Democrats, you know, the Democrats couldn't care one way or the other really about him. He was one of the club. You know, they go out for steak and and, and, and celebrate the raising the uh, debt ceiling infinitely. Uh, you know, so I really wanted a speaker that would um, make like Democrats hate him as much as we hated Nancy Pelosi. It's like, finally, let's win one. And um, right. I was disappointed to see that in uh, behind closed doors they pulled that nomination from him. Hopefully they do uh, better uh, with Byron. I, uh, he's a, a superstar. I've heard him speak. He's an authentic guy. He has a great story, and we'll talk about him more later. But And I got three minutes before my first break, and I'm going to keep you on just so you know. But since we're talking about Byron being a MAGA candidate or the MAGA guy and maybe he's too MAGA, um, that seems to be – and you and I have talked about this a lot – the big divide right now, and not only in the country, but in the Republican Party, is the pro-MAGA um, right. versus you know the non-MAGA candidates. Actually, you know what, Gabe? I'm going to pull up a cut real quick for Crypto Lawyer, and then we're going to get into these indictments here. Um, it is – let me find my cut. I believe it is cut two, Gabe. This is Kevin McCarthy um, basically talking about how um, he doesn't endorse Trump. Go ahead, Gabe. Cut two. Let me just ask you this quite simply. Why haven't you endorsed him yet? Well, the, the campaign is still going. There's a very good chance I he, would endorse him. He's President the clear Trump. front runner. You know he's what? the clear I think front we, runner. I think what are you waiting bo- for? Well, I believe, well, you know what? Because I've got a southern border wide open. I've got war in the Middle East. I've got things I'm focused on right now. I believe President Trump will be our nominee, and I believe President Trump will get reelected. Are you still think a MAGA Republican, Mr. He's been brought as, he has brought it chaos. You know what? I am a conservative Republican from the beginning to the end, and that's what I've always been. I, you, cry, you can try to phrase different names to people, but I'm proud of who I am. 
Interesting, right? Like, that's why he's no longer speaker. Hmm. And Byron Donalds won't be squirming like that. Are you a MAGA Republican? Byron Donalds would be like, yep. 100%. Jim Jordan? Yep, 100%. And I would want, I'll be curious to know what Emmer would say to that question. And I think I think that must be the litmus test for the new Speaker of the House. It has to be. Trump will be the nominee as much as it upsets people of the Republican Party. He's already right. way ahead despite these indictments that we're going to talk about in just a second. And so any potential Speaker of the House that doesn't endorse him for president at this point, you have to assume is, uh, is a never-Trumper. And that is not going to mesh well with what we all know to be the future of this party. It is a MAGA party. Whether the establishment likes it or not, they can either take their ball and go home or they can realize that the electorate has changed. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. Um, You know, somewhere in that clip, he said something about he brought us chaos. I don't know who he was talking about, Kevin McCarthy at that point. But, yeah, I mean, you know, it should be a very um, a very closed ended question, you know, who are you backing? And, you know, people on the DeSantis side, you know, we still have to see how the states play out. People on the DeSantis side, you know, they keep saying, well, it doesn't matter about the national poll. You have to go state by state. But even state by state, if you trust any of these polls, um, you know, has Trump up bigly, right? Bigly. Bigly. So, um, you know, it's going to be interesting. And I think that, you know, Trump remembers who people are. And, and at the same time, you know, people give Trump crap sometimes because, you know, he – he can't do it on his own. He can be MAGA, but at the end of the day, you have to have some coalition. You just can't simply – even Donald Trump can't do it on his own. So when you go to South Carolina and you have to shake hands with Lindsey Graham, who you know he even jokes about him, he says, well, when I need to talk to a Democrat, I can talk to Lindsey first. You know, so he cracks jokes about it, but you have to have some backing from the party in general. Uh, no one can do this on his own, but, but Donald Trump is by far what we need. We've seen what's going on in the Middle East. Joe Biden is just lost. Um, we're weaker at home. We're weaker abroad. And these indictments are are popping up left and right on Donald Trump, and I believe they're making him stronger. Yeah. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk about those indictments. So, guys, Perfect. don't go anywhere. We're going to talk about these indictments in just a second. Don't go anywhere. David Pollock Show. We'll be right back. Florida is a popular place to live these days, but do you know who is not feeling the effects of limited home inventory? Bugs. That's right. As popular as Florida is for people, pests like it even more, which is why I recommend pest control, termite treatment, and fertilization from Protex. With over 40 years of experience, their fully licensed, bonded, and insured team utilize state-of-the-art products and techniques to maintain a pest-free home. But that's not all. They also provide the highest quality fertilization and pond management services so you can have a green yard and not a green pond. So if you want to keep your lawn on green and your home bug free. Call Protex today at 407-542-0044 or visit them online at protexlawn.com. That's P-R-O-T-E-X lawn.com. David Pollack here. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you're looking for more information on any of our sponsors, or perhaps you want to hear a replay of a past show, make sure to visit thedavidpollockshow.com. There, you'll also find our latest articles, links to our social media, and opportunities to become a sponsor yourself. So remember to visit thedavidpollockshow.com.
And we are back with this, I guess, is that Rocky? I guess, is that the movie it's from when he's like running up the stairs? Yeah, yeah. Eye of the Tiger, Rocky, pumping us up. Um, and uh, we are back here uh, with Crypto Lawyer, one of uh, a, a regular guests here on the David Pollock Show, a former DOJ attorney, uh, Twitter Spaces host, legal expert, all around nice guy. And uh, we're happy to have you back. Now, before the break, we talked about Trump's popularity and where he is with the party, and we talked about those indictments. And I want to kind of go back to that a little bit because, um, you know, we haven't really talked much about it because we've been so distracted with war and the speaker fight. But at the same time, a lot of things have happened. There's been a couple significant plea bargains. Um, There was an appellate court ruling. Um, Let's talk. Let's go through each of those things. I guess let's start with this Georgia case with Fannie Willis. What are what's and with Cindy? I I guess Cindy Powell just had a plea bargain as well as a couple others. Let's just start there. Where are we at? Yeah, so where we started in the Georgia case, um, a case that I'm really not keeping too much uh, attention on because um, I think if it goes, it's going to go well into 2024 after the election, and Trump at that time will either be president or not. But yeah, so the bail bondsman took an early plea uh, very early on, and then Sidney Powell took a plea to a, to a few misdemeanors, and that's going to set her up for six years of probation, I think an early term of three years along with cooperation and any truthful testimony um, against any of the co-defendants, but more likely Trump. You know, I think Ms. Willis is looking at Trump in this case. And then Kenneth Chesbro, um, another attorney, he took a plea to a felony, and um, he is uh, he's going to be sentenced, punishable by up to five years probation. And uh, I think I think both of them have a letter of apology to the residents mm-hmm. of Georgia and a fine. So, you know, it's interesting um, because it puts them in a position where all of the meaty stuff, all of the RICOs, the conspiracy, all of the election interference, all of those charges were dropped. And what Kenneth pled to was a false statement. And what Sidney Powell pled to was, again, you know, the side waste of it. So, it, you know, it's going to be very interesting on what truthful testimony. As a former prosecutor, I can, I can tell you uh, with, with pretty good certainty that the that the DA in in Fulton County, Georgia, probably got a proffer out of Sidney Powell and Kenneth Chesbro to see what they would testify against other co-defendants. That that kind of sets up a prosecutor on what you would give someone for a plea deal. So, and also a proffer, which is then given to the other co-defendants, really locks in that defendant's testimony. Should they testify against someone else later on and decide to lie, that could that could absolutely ruin their plea deal, and that could set them up for impeachment on the stand. Um, but I but I really don't think, I don't think Sidney Powell and Kenneth Chesbrough, I don't think there's anything juicy or meaty that they have against Trump. I think their proffer was probably Trump thought he won, and he deployed us to do what we could do. Um, so, you know, if there was other juicy stuff or if, or if Miss Willis really had their backs against the wall, she could have pled them to much more serious stuff. But as you could tell from the indictment, which is which is all over the place, um, you know, they pled to really piecemeal. They really pled to the side dishes. Yeah. And, and the thing is, and I guess we can look at it two different ways. I mean, if she had if Wills had the case that she supposedly had, you're, you're right. The plea bargains here are are pretty light considering the charges and what the sentence of the charges could have carried. Um, and this was and, and and this was on the day of trial too. So 
on the day of trial, you don't give away the farm. I mean, at least when I prep my cases, if if a jury is walking in, I mean, I've done plea deals the day of trial, but I don't give a I don't give everything away on the day of trial. Yeah, so you got, this is, you, it's weird. Yeah, you have to wonder that. I mean, look, I think for for certainly for for Powell, I think she was like, well, look, it, the best case scenario, I'm found not guilty. Mm-hmm. Worst case scenario, I can get convicted and go to jail for a long time, or I can take right. no jail time probation. Um, and it's a misdemeanor; she doesn't even lose her bar license, most likely. So, at the end of the day, you know, unfortunately, this is a, those situations that occur. Like even innocent people can plead guilty because sure. the um, the repercussions of being found guilty are so much worse. It is interesting, and you wonder now. Trump, I don't think for a second Trump is going to plead to any of these. I think he'll take every single one of them to trial. What do you think? You don't think he'll take a misdemeanor, even a misdemeanor? You think Trump would take the Sidney Powell deal? No, I don't think so. Um, Trump, you know, um, you know, we've 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 been to Mar-a-Lago. Uh, we've we've met we've met President Trump, and uh, you know, he doesn't think like we do. Um, he's eighty years old. And, and and when I say that he's a he's a tenacious, vibrant, non-Joe Biden eighty-year-old. <laughs> um, so there's a difference there because there's a lot of ageism going around these days. But he's a very vibrant, um, cognitively well-placed eighty-year-old, and he's also a billionaire. So I think when you're in that position, you can kind of give the well, I don't really care what you say. You know, it, it it puts him in a different mindset. And I also believe that he feels the 2020 election, like a lot of us do, feel feel that it wasn't exactly fair and and proper. So no, I don't think he feels he did anything wrong, and um, I don't see him taking any plea deals. Um, really, the big one, uh, which I'm sure we'll get to tonight, which is which is going to have some SCOTUS implications, is going to be his uh, DC case. Yeah, that. And do you want to uh, talk about that real quick? Yeah, sure, sure. So. The big thing about the D.C. case is that that case is, is on the rocket docket. And when I say rocket docket, there's there's a lot of discovery being turned over in that case of, of you know, just, you know, just a lot of stuff there. Um, anyone who knows about J6 knows that it's probably the most televised and photographed, uh, I guess, crime scene, if you want to call it, ever, because everyone's being arrested on this. And, you know, I really think Judge Chuckton made a mistake and let her emotions get the better of her. Uh, by placing a gag order on all parties, and especially President Trump and his associates, and they can't talk about any witnesses or the court staff or things like that. Um, you know, the the civil case in New York, uh, President Trump was fined $5,000 already, and we can chat about that later. But the D.C. case is really where um, they they can kind of put the screws to him if they can get the case to a trial because of the venue. DOJ is undefeated in all of their J6 cases when they go to trial. And I don't mean they've gotten every person guilty on every count, but every person who's gone to a jury trial has been found guilty of at least one count. So they're undefeated in jury trials. And Judge Chuckton puts together this gag order, but then on October 20th, she walks it back in a paperless minute order that she puts out <laughs> that she now wants her gag order briefed. And super interesting about that because you do that for one of two reasons. One is you want to make sure that this gag order that you just tossed out against a defendant's First Amendment right is either properly briefed when it goes up on appeal, or you want to walk it back because you just realized you gave SCOTUS an avenue to reach out on this case. That's interesting. So, uh, I mean, 
Trump's team would have to file something to give SCOTUS the ability to reach out, right? They, they, they filed a notice of appeal the same day. And the other issue, which we can talk uh, – I'm not sure when you're going to take a break, but the other one that is going to go to SCOTUS, and, I, and, and again, because of the presidential immunity motion to dismiss, um, SCOTUS has the availability there to reach down and grab that one as well. And, you know, these are – so the gag order and the presidential immunity motion to dismiss, these, these are – these are motions and these are appeals that have the chance to go on a shadow docket or make it very quick to SCOTUS because if you hold off on them, there's irreparable harm that will come from that. You can't say that someone can't talk for the entire trial, but when the trial is over, then you overturn it. Well, then it doesn't matter anymore, right? Um, if you say that someone is immune from prosecution, but they get found guilty and then afterwards you throw it out, well, there should have been no trial. So there's irreparable harm on these issues. So the motion to dismiss that they filed, inevitably, I think Judge Truckman is going to deny it. Uh, there's some issues that we can talk about it there. But I think that the D.C. Court of Appeals may drag its shoes on it. But there's irreparable harm that could be had if Donald Trump goes to trial on a case where a trial should have never, should have never been had pursuant to his motion to dismiss. So I think that gives I think that gives the Supreme Court, SCOTUS, an opportunity to reach down as they have done before. It's rare, but they've done it. Yeah, I mean, all of this is rare. What do you think the chances are? And I got two minutes before the break. Thank you for mm – -hmm. see, that's why you're so good on this show. You're savvy <laughs> on the time. You're like, I think he has a hard break coming up. You're right, but don't worry. This conversation is great. We can carry it over if you have the time. But um, but what do you think the chances of, uh, of SCOTUS taking this up? And then I have a follow-up question on that. Sure. I think that I think that both are going to uh, – I think both are very good. And, and it's funny that I say very good because quite often SCOTUS hears – only one to two percent of the cases that there's a writ of certiorari on. So quite often they won't hear it. But in this case, a defendant has a right to a First Amendment right, whether it's personal speech or political speech. You're talking about campaigning. You're talking about the front runner of the person who's going to go up against Joe Biden or possibly Gavin Newsom or possibly Michelle Obama, whoever's going to be running. And, um, you know, you're essentially putting a muzzle on, um, you know, we aren't a foreign country where these things happen every day. So I think that when it comes to the First Amendment, I think that SCOTUS is going to see this issue. But that issue isn't dispositive of the case. The presidential immunity statute and uh, what he cited in his motion to dismiss could and would be uh, dispositive to the case, meaning the case goes away. So, um, you know, that's that's a very interesting one. And I think on the motion to dismiss one for the presidential immunity, criminal presidential immunity. So I just want to make that clear because there's a difference between civil and president civil and criminal presidential immunity, uh, SCOTUS would be opining upon this for the first time because there's never been a former president uh, that's been indicted before. Uh, so it's all it's all novel issues. Yeah, and, and that's just one of the cases. And and I wonder, and I wanted to ask you, and I'll get your answer after the break. Do you have time to stick around? Of course, yeah. Yeah, so I'll ask you after the break. I'm curious, one, if this does get picked up by SCOTUS, how long – uh, will that delay everything because we know they have a busy calendar? I mean, they'll have to either hear it right away or just put it on the calendar for later. And two, then how many other cases get joined to this so they can kind of take up all of these issues at one time versus piecemealing it in? I want you to think about that. I don't want you to tell me your answer now. Um, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to pay some bills. And we come back, we're going to hear more from Crypto Lawyer 
about uh, what's going to happen with the uh, Trump indictments. We'll talk more about the Supreme Court. And there's a big appellate ruling that we haven't even talked about that's not in Trump's favor. And we'll cover all of that right after the break. So don't go anywhere. The David Show, David Pollock Show will be right back. With today's economic environment, it's never been more important to secure your hard-earned wealth for you and your family's future. FinSec Life works to offer industry-leading customer service to help successful individuals and businesses protect their wealth. Whether it's a business succession plan, estate liquidity, or a variety of life and long-term care policies, FinSec Life can help deliver peace of mind, knowing that if something happens, you or your company is taken care of. Visit FinSecLife.com. That's F-I-N-S-E-C Life.com. Securities offered through Valmark Security, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Valmark Advisors, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. FinSec Life is a separate entity from Valmark Securities, Inc. and Valmark Advisors, Inc. Business owners, are you sick of dealing with those big-name telecommunications companies that leave you frustrated with terrible customer service and then lock you into long-term contracts? That's why I want to introduce you to my friends over at Public Telephone Company. They are an industry-leading VOIP provider offering all-in-one business communication solutions that are completely contract-free with competitive pricing. But perhaps the best part, they're all about supporting their customers with U.S.-based customer service and they're always willing to go the extra mile. Don't let your phone company drive you mad. Call Public Telephone Company today at 877-314-4080 or visit them at publictelephonecompany.com. That's publictelephonecompany.com. And welcome back to the David Pollard Show. Again, the time just flies by when you're having fun. Not sure if my uh, liberal cousin Rachel is having fun. I texted her during the break. I said, how's it going? And she says she's getting her eye-rolling exercises in. So I hope at some point maybe she learns a little something. (laughs) We'll see. But uh, before I get back into a crypto lawyer, there's something that you and I are both going to be attending here. Uh, November 10th through 12th, and that's uh, Brandon Strzok's Walkacon, the fifth anniversary yeah. of Walkaway. And uh, maybe my uh, liberal cousin Rachel can look into that organization so she could leave the Democrat Party. Actually, I think she did. She told me <laughs> earlier over coffee that um, she is now a non-party affiliate, so she has walked away. And uh, so, nice. so Crypto and I are going to be at the uh, Walkacon, and that is November uh, 10th through 12th at the Hilton, Airport Hilton in West Palm Beach. Uh, I'll be there. Crypto will be there. A lot of people are going to be there that you know. Um, Friday night, there's an, there's an extravaganza with Laura Trump. And a lot of other speakers that you'll be interested in hearing from. Then on Saturday, there's a rally that's free. And then Saturday night, there's a roast of Brandon Strzok with a lot of well-known comedians. It's going to be a blast. And on Sunday, there's a brunch with Carrie Lake. So it's a lot of fun. And you should go. Uh, We'll be there. And here's the best part. In Bidenomics, everybody can use a couple of extra dollars. So if you want to buy a ticket, which are reasonable prices in and of itself, you can use promo code DAVID. And then you get 10% off. Who doesn't like 10% off? So that's promo code David. Get 10% off, and then you too can be at WakaCon with Crypto and me. Right, Crypto? 
What a deal. What a deal. I, I think it's walkawayanniversary.com. That, oh, gosh, you're so good. See, you are great. That's right. Go to walkawayanniversary.com to get your tickets today. I didn't even tell you how to purchase them. Crypto. So good. So, yeah. Such a professional. All Save right. money with David. Save money with David. I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, later on, we'll talk about some other ways to save money. But for right now, I want to get back in to uh, this discussion about what happens when the Supreme Court, if the Supreme Court takes these cases, how long will it delay them for? Um, and will some of these other cases get looped in with it? Uh, where do you see all of this going? And then I want to talk about that appellate court ruling. Sure. So um, as people know, the, the justice system walks very, very slowly. If it walks at all, uh, it could crawl. But in in these cases, when it comes to federal cases, uh, they 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 tend to go more quickly than they do in state court, whatever state you're in. And the criminal cases often go a little faster than civil. Um, so in these cases here, uh, you know, the issue with these hanging around again is two things. First is it's President Trump. So whether you like it or not, these cases are of some great public importance because you have an election, you have a former president who's indicted. This isn't the normal average defendant even though Judge Chuckton continuously says she's going to treat him like the average normal defendant, uh, she continues to defy her own uh, statements and, and does not do that, such as her statements of, well, President Trump should have been preparing for these charges when the grand jury was meeting, which if people don't know about a grand jury, they meet in secret. So it's impossible to prepare for any charges because you don't know what's coming. So as far as the 1A issue of the gag order, um, a little less important to me because it's not just positive, but I do feel on both of these, uh, if and when SCOTUS can reach down and grab them because they are both uh, constitutional issues, uh, the First Amendment for President Trump and the Presidential Immunity uh, Act, SCOTUS is going to grab them quick. And, 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 you know, if they have to put them on a shadow docket, if you don't know what a shadow docket is, it, it's not necessarily that it's briefed and done on a regular docket. That would be on like the SCOTUS blog and taking its time. This is something that would be fast tracked, especially the presidential immunity one. In my opinion, and, and you know, this is not a novel idea, but if you think of someone who's just think of anyone that's claiming self defense, right? Just the average Joe who's claiming self defense. Well, if you're looking for prosecutorial immunity, that is heard prior to a trial. And why is it heard prior to a trial? Because if you're immune from prosecution, there shouldn't be a trial. Right. And that's what President Trump is saying here. He's saying, I am immune under presidential immunity, under my acts in office. I am immune from this prosecution. So there's no there's no point in having this motion heard after he's convicted or even after he's found not guilty. The point is you have it before the trial is heard. And I do believe that SCOTUS on this, on, on this issue, and really on both, but on both these issues, will fast track it. They'll put it on a shadow docket if they need to. And these will be heard um, before, and there'll be an opinion out before uh, he goes to trial. He's now he's scheduled for March in D.C. I don't believe that it's going to go in March. I know that Stockton has continuously said it will. I think that it's going to take the place of the Florida case, which will be in the summertime. So I, I do think it's going to move a little bit because uh, DOJ has been filing a lot of motions in both cases. So you know, again, we're set for March, but. 
I think that timetable may get pushed by anywhere from 30 to 90 days. Yep. And the interesting part about this is January is when states start voting. And, right. you know, Trump is still leading in the polls. His lead gets bigger and bigger every day. And by January, states are going to start voting. He will be most likely looking like the he'll be the presumptive. He's already the presumptive nominee, but it'll look more and more mm-hmm. clear by the time these trials get going. And and then just the stakes get so much higher. And and you and I have talked about this. No matter what, if if the rulings go in Trump's favor, uh, people are going to think that you know he had cert- he was above the law because he was the former president. He Trump appointed these people, and and that's what or you know he appointed the justices at the Supreme Court. There's going to be so many arguments for why Trump either won. And if Trump lost, the other side is going to be exactly the same. It's going to be like these are crooked, you know, never Trump judges and it was a, 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 an unfair jury. And no matter what, there's not going to be any sense of justice from this, which is why I think everybody loses no matter what. I mean, the country is going to be divided on this issue. Nothing good is going to come out of this prosecution, even a not guilty verdict. But I do think. As these cases start to go away and Trump becomes the nominee or he's president while they're still pending, um, certainly it will uh, – I, I don't think we'll be done talking about this anytime soon. But speaking of things not going in Trump's way, there was an important appellant court ruling the other day. You want to talk about that? Yeah. So, um, so there's been a lot of cases that have gone up, and uh, this, is, this has been a long-awaited decision. So in one of uh, the cases for the J6 defendants, which has gone up on appeal, and most J6 defendants who have been there have been charged with an obstruction of an official proceeding. And uh, that's a felony which can hand, uh, which, which, which you can get up to 20 years on a maximum sentence, not saying that anyone is really going to get 20 years on an obstruction statute, but you know that's what we have in uh, the federal uh, statute. So Trump is charged with this as well, but um, a J6 defendant went up on it. And um, his name was Thomas Robertson, and and he was convicted of the obstruction of an official proceeding. So the difference between a misdemeanor and a felony for obstruction of official proceeding is did you, quote, corruptly obstruct the official proceeding? And it turned out from the D.C. Court of Appeals um, in a two to one, I, you know, I think this is going to go back to the D.C. Court of Appeals. I think they're going to hear this in bank, which means that all of the justices will hear it together. I don't know if it will change because, again, it is D.C. Circuit. So as you said, talking about venue, um, you know, this is D.C. is not a good venue for anyone who's Republican. It's not good for Donald Trump. It's not good for anyone who's there at J6. I think we can tell how they blown j6 out of proportion i'm not saying there weren't bad actors there there were but i think when you look at jamal bowman pulling the fire alarm to stop an official proceeding that looks like a felony to me when you look at rashid talib calling for violence this past week or two that looks like a felony to me but anyway as we go on with this um you know a lot of j6ers were charged with this obstruction statute and the dc court of appeals came out in a two-to-one opinion saying that, uh, and I'm quoting here, it says, uh, where a defendant acts feloniously to obstruct a proceeding before Congress with no evidence or argument that that he was merely engaged in peaceful expression, his culpability, i.e. corruptness of his actions, is not difficult to discern. That was written by Judge Florence Pan of the D.C. Circuit. So it's really a broad, um, the D.C. Circuit has really given a broad reading of this statute, 
to uh, to Jack Smith, the DOJ in Maine Justice, and we were, and when I say we were, people who follow the law, who are strict constitutionalists or textualists. When we were reading this, uh, we did not feel that the corruptness or the or the culpability, um, you know, would would fall this far out of the text of the statute. But this is what happens sometimes when you have, again, as I've told you before, David, uh, just because a judge puts on a robe doesn't mean that these people who are, who are highly partisan, that's how you get these positions of the federal judge. You're either very liberal or you're very Republican. You're very conservative. And that person, as the president and the Senate, they vote you in because of your partisanship. So when you put on a robe, sometimes it's, it's even exemplified. So a lot of people think that we've heard in spaces, well, the judge said this, so it must be true. Well, no, not exactly. That's what that judge happens to believe on those facts, given his or her background and partisanship. So they've given a very wide ruling to this. And um, instead of having this count cost on a lot of Jason's cases, it's going to continue on, unfortunately. You think that might end up in the Supreme Court as well? Or you think it's going to be decided there for once and for all? Um, you know, there's enough people that have been charged with this that it, that it very well could go up. Um, but, you know, this is this is a little different. You know, this is the reading of of a statute. Um, so, you know, I don't see where um, they're going to hear this anytime soon, per se. Uh, what we're in 2023 here. So we're coming up on over three years. Yeah. Uh, D.C. and SCOTUS could have heard this a long time ago, but they haven't. We, you know, we waited a long time for this opinion. I think we'll wait even a further time to see even if the D.C. Circuit hears it in bonk. So we'll, we'll have to see where it goes. But, um, you know, unfortunately, the D.C. Circuit, if this would have gone to the 11th Circuit, you could have quite easily gotten a different opinion. So, you know, that's what I try to express upon people, clients, defendants, other lawyers, laypersons. If you go to the Ninth Circuit, which is out, which is out west, you know, Oregon, things like that, um, you would probably get the same ruling here as D.C. If you go to the Fifth, if you go to the Eleventh, or it's, you know, Atlanta, Georgia, and the South, you're probably not going to get this ruling. So, you know, I think it's important for people to understand that that judges are partisan, and you have to remember that that's how all federal judges who sit for life they are very partisan. And when it comes to your state, think of state judges as well. They're either appointed by a governor who is very partisan, so they're partisan as well, or they're elected, and in that county that they're running in, it's either a blue county or a red county, and those people are going to elect partisan people. So judges are not immune to this at all. Yeah, it seems that nothing is immune from politics these days. I mean, you know, for a long for the longest time, we liked to believe that our media was objective. We learned that it wasn't Mm -hmm. for the longest time. We liked to pretend that our judicial system wasn't partisan, but it was. And it seems like politics are in everything these days, which is why it's so essential that um, we figure out ways to not be so divided politically if it's even possible anymore, because. Yeah, I mean everything is is subject to political division these days, even our justice system, and that people will lose confidence in everything that we hold sacred in our country. It's right. definitely not a good um, 
It's not a good place where we're at right here in 2023. And we've only uh, talked about domestic issues with a former president. We're not even talking about what's going on uh, across the pond, which we will get to right after this break. Um, Crypto Lawyer, thank you so much for being on The David Pollock Show and bringing so much great information um, to the show as always. Uh, Crypto Lawyer will be in our post-show space. If you go to at the Pollock Show on Twitter X. Uh, You'll see my space begins at 8.30 p.m. Crypto Lawyer will be there to expand on anything he just talked about and answer your questions. So if you want to talk to Crypto Lawyer, want to talk to me, make sure you go to the Twitter space beginning at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you'll hear more about this. Again, Crypto, thank you so much for being on the show. We look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you, brother. All right, guys, we're going to be right back after this quick break, and we will pivot, talk a little bit more about the speaker fight, and we got to talk about some of these developments that are going on in Israel. Um, There's some concern that Iran is uh, ramping up uh, some potential attacks against U.S. forces. It is not a positive final segment of the David Pollack Show, but stick around because you don't want to miss the information. David Pollack Show will be right back. Are you an insurance agent or property manager looking for a reliable and accurate property inspection? Floridian Property Consultant specializes in citizens' insurance packages and replacement cost appraisals, so you can get bound quickly, easily, and accurately. FPC's experienced inspectors will make sure each assessment meets all the insurance carrier standards while ensuring that you don't pay for more than you need. Work with a company that respects your time and budget as much as you do. Visit online at FloridianPropertyConsultants.com. That's FloridianPropertyConsultants.com. Hey friends, David Pollock here. If you're craving the best soft serve ice cream around, Topper's Creamery's got you covered. Serving the Apopka community for over a decade, Topper's is known for the finest old-fashioned custard-style soft serve ice cream in a variety of flavors, from their French vanilla bean to exciting specials like German chocolate cake. But the experience doesn't end there. Be sure to grab a fresh baked waffle cone or a sundae topped with my favorite, the fresh baked brownies. They even offer pup cups for your four-legged friends. So hurry in to Topper's Creamery in Apopka, South 512 Hunt Club Road. Make sure to Tell him David sent you. And welcome back to the final 11 minutes and 17 seconds of the David Pollock Show. Um, great, great information from Crypto Lawyer. I know you guys haven't heard a lot about these Trump indictments because everything else is going on in the world, but it's still important. These things are still going on there. I mean, we're getting closer and closer to these trial dates, and there's a lot of stuff still going on. So definitely important to pay attention to it. Plus, sometimes we just need a break from the same old, same old of the speaker fights and the war uh, in Israel, unfortunately, because it's still going on. And on that note, um, things have been intensifying there. Um, Israel has not began their ground invasion into Gaza. Supposedly, the United States has asked them to delay that. I don't know if maybe they're trying to remove some more civilians or maybe trying to go. I don't know what's going on. Um, I do know that there is concern um, from Secretary Blinken that Iran might be escalating uh, the war through proxies and there might even be threats on U.S. forces. Um, Gabe, this is going to be cut one. Here's Blinken in his own words. How concerned are you about Iran trying to escalate this war? We are concerned. Uh, In fact, we expect uh, that there's a likelihood of escalation, escalation by Iranian proxies directed against our forces 
directed against our personnel. Uh, we are taking steps to make sure that we can effectively defend our people and respond decisively if we need to. Yeah. So, I mean, between this um, and the, um, you know, all the assets we're moving to the region, um, certainly other countries are moving assets to the region. Uh, you know, I guess you can call it the coincidental tests of the emergency broadcast systems <laughs> across the country. Um, there is serious concern that this situation is escalating. And, um, you know, it's it's definitely something we need to keep an eye on. CNN uh, is reporting that the U.S. has specific intelligence uh, that some of these groups can further the war um, between Israel and Hamas. And the, what they said was a U.S. official saying red lights are flashing everywhere. It says, at this point, Iran appears to be encouraging the groups rather than explicitly directing them. One official said Iran is providing guidance to the militia groups um, that they will not be punished by getting resupply and be resupplied with weaponry. So, you know, this uh, has a significant potential for escalation. Um, Hamas was talking about running out of some supplies. It's going to have to be resupplied at some point. Israel is going to have to disrupt those supply chains. They've already... um, you know, attacked airports. I believe it was in Lebanon or Syria. And um, so anyway, it's something to keep an eye on because, you know, it affects all of us. And and I, I was talking about this last night with somebody, and, and here's how it affects everybody. Yes, I understand that there's a war happening there. And I understand that, um, you know, it could be a threat to our armed forces there. But how does it affect us here at home? As I've talked about on this show routinely, I've talked about it since the very beginning. I warned you guys of this. What I said was uh, that literally it was like almost like it was coordinated right after Hamas attacked Israel. There was an almost coordinated groups all throughout the country, all throughout the world of pro-Palestinian, free Palestinian movements. And they seem to be. Uh, aligning themselves with these same type of antagonists from Antifa and BLM and all these other marches that you've seen. They're the same type of people, just a different uniform. And I told you I was concerned because it started to seem as if this was going to become like the next thing that starts to spread throughout the world. And again, now these protests are growing bigger and bigger. And um, we're starting to see uh, more anger. And it's not so much, and, and of course, we always have to be concerned about coordinated terror attacks, especially when our southern border is wide open. We know that ter- that people on the terror watch list have come into this country, and those are the ones we caught. So a coordinated terror attack is certainly a concern. But it's these lone wolf, sympathetic type attacks. And you've heard about uh, the Jewish community leader, I think it was in Detroit, that was stabbed over the weekend and killed. And, of course, the police are not ready. They, they said they, they're not ready to name a suspect and not ready to state the motive. But this was a woman who was involved in politics. She was high, a high-profile Jewish woman, and she was stabbed to death. And so you have to start growing concern with how sympathetic people might take on these causes. And um, I've warned about this. And the thing that concerns me, um, and it should concern everybody, is that the people who are – are, are adjoining these free Palestinian causes. There was a big protest over the weekend in London. I don't know if you saw, but there was a gay rights activist marching with the free Palestine activists, and and he was attacked <laughs> because 
the the thing that you don't understand, well, they don't understand, is that for for the free Palestinian people, this is a religious movement. It's not a territorial one. The social justice causes that are being lumped in um, to this free Palestine thing, they're completely different. And the people who want a free Palestine, they don't want gay rights in Palestine. And so you have to sometimes take a step back and realize that sometimes they're not with you. And I want to bring up a cut that I've been trying to put on this show for a long time. Gabe, this is going to be cut five. This was from the BLM marches back a couple of summers ago. And I want you to hear this video real quick. Gabe, cut five. You heard that. So this is in this clip. Basically, what's happening is there was the BLM protest outside and there was some white students inside or I don't know if they're students they're white kids inside and they're like having a party. And I don't know if they're playing flip cups on a ping pong table. But either way, they're partying it up while riots are burning down streets outside. And they did like, you know, the Black Lives Matter fist. Well, that caught the attention of the marchers, and they immediately took a brick and hurled it through the window. (laughs) Not once, but twice. And you can hear him chanting, we're with you! We're with you! They didn't care that they were with you. You might have been with them, but they weren't with you. It's the same situation, and I've said this before, it's the same situation with the Free Palestine movement. They're not with you. You can be with them. That's fine. They're not with you. If you're Jewish, if you're gay, if you don't believe in Islam, they're not with you. And it's one thing to be socially sympathetic, and there's good reason for it. I mean, there's a lot of people dying, innocent people on both sides of that uh, of that region. And it's okay to be sympathetic. But to make the uh, assumption that they're with you, uh, you're mistaken. And it's not a time to be vigilant. It is, I mean, it is a time to be vigilant. It's not a time to just be like, oh, we just need to welcome everybody here. They just want to be free. They want a lot more than just being free. This has the ability uh, to impact everybody. So pay attention to what's going on and, and try for a second to put your politics aside and understand that what's going on is much bigger um, then what we can boil it down to is just being some kind of social movement. Uh, we need to pay attention to it both for national security implications and for personal security in, in, implications. Um, this is what's going on, and it's only spreading and getting worse. And as these attacks intensify and as the fighting intensifies, there's going to be more emotion. And there and there's also an, an intelligence effort, and I've talked about this too on social media and throughout, to um, inspire people to feel a certain way. And that's something we need to pay close attention to, and it's important for you to be objective and not so much take the bait, not to have the emotional reaction on both sides because everybody's emotions are being manipulated right now for these causes, and and it's serious. So just, you know, keep an eye out on what's going on, and and we'll continue to talk about what's going on. Well, now, in the two minutes that I have left in the show, I want to do two things. One, I need to remind you to go get yourself some Beard Vet coffee at BeardVet.com and use promo code DAVID so you can get 10% off and buy Nomics. You need to save money, right? Remember, they have great coffee. They have uh, beard oils. They have tumblers. They have a lot of great products. And a portion of their proceeds goes to take care of vets. So make sure you go to BeardVet.com, promo code DAVID. Get yourself some Beard Vet coffee. It's what fuels me, gives me my energy to bring all of you guys all of this news. But in the two minutes left I, uh, that I have left on the show, I got to bring in my liberal cousin, Rachel. 
I want to get your take on your first. She don't listen to my show. <laughs> I want to. I want to know what did you think. What are your thoughts? Do you have anything you want? Any jabs you want to get in under the two minutes that we have left? No, I'm. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna jab you. Um, I mean, it was interesting to hear the other side. But as we talked about, <laughs> I am non-party affiliated. I've yeah. always been non-party affiliated. That's right. You didn't that walk was away. Never, My mistake. I did My not mistake. walk away. I, I've always kind of been that way because I personally feel like the two-party system is too divisive, and there really just isn't a perfect answer for me in either party. Uh, and it just seems to be getting worse and worse and worse. So uh, you're going to find that I'm going to probably continue on this track unless some miracle happens and an amazing candidate pops up from one party or the other. Um, no jabs, though. I, I definitely had some eye roll moments, but it'll be fine. <laughs> but, it, it, now, now, and in one minute and 15 seconds, my show goes off the air no matter what. Right. Uh, RFK, he's now independent. No. No, uh-uh. RFK. No, no. no. Tulsi, hard, hard no. What about Tulsi Gabbard? What if she decided to run? I don't know enough about her to have an opinion, so I can't voice it. Interesting. I would. I I try to steer clear of all of it until it's been narrowed down by the larger parties, because otherwise my head would explode with parenting and work, and then I have to keep track of that too. Yeah. <laughs> well, you look, I don't think, uh, if you see the infighting in the Republican Party, we talked a little bit about that with the speaker fight. It seems the parties are ripping themselves up. It seems that the country is divided. And, um, you know, the independents, the NPAs, the people who are not party affiliated, that group keeps growing. So there's definitely a lot of energy towards leaving these political parties, which, you know, them and their allies in the media are, I think, contributing to the destruction of America. So you are right in that respect. Uh, Cousin Rachel, thank you so much for sitting in the control room and being a part of the Dave Pollock Show today. I'm glad you were able to uh, listen in, and hopefully you'll be a frequent listener now, and you'll get lots of exercise on those (laughs) eye rolls. All right, guys, that's all the time I have tonight. Make sure you join us again next Monday night, same time, same place. Take care, everybody.